On today's... Oh, wait, hold on. Three. It cuts off the beginning every time. It drives me nuts. Three, two. On today's show. Should I do it? Should I wait? Should I do it early? We'll do it on this episode of Lockdown Maps. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the Lockdown to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstan, media member and coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Doncic dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, we're here today to talk about a brand new contract that was signed. So excited to see this, this guy back in Dallas on a brand new contract that we're all excited for. Welcome back, Boban. Biggest, biggest contract of the day. Boban Marjanovic back. Let's go. I'm so excited about that. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. Of course, today we are talking about Luka Doncic's gigantic $207 million five-year extension with the Dallas Mavericks. And I've put it off. I can put it off no further. It may make you cringe. It may make you dance around your house yourself. It's time. Luka Doncic signs the extension. Mark Cuban. Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, Dirk Nowitzki himself go over to Slovenia. They hold him captive. They make him report to Woj that he's going to sign the extension, and he's going to do it. There was a lot of Mavs fans that had trepidation about this, and I'm I'm wondering, did anybody really think it wasn't going to happen? Because I saw a lot of comments, a lot of people saying, he's just going to leave, he should leave, all this kind of stuff. The Mavericks can't put a title contender around Luka, all this stuff. They've had Max Con- they've had Max. Contract space, you know, cap space for two summers while he was under contract during his rookie year. They couldn't get a big fish. Anybody else besides Porzingis couldn't do anything. Why should he stay? And the fact that he is staying, the fact that he is signing this, I think is a big deal. Because if there was anybody that could have turned down the money, it would be Luca. He has not been a guy that played in college and didn't make any money in college, and then came to the NBA, and this is his first big deal. He has been making he's been making money since he was, what, 14, 13 years old? He has had endorsements probably since then as well. He's been making money. He's a guy, we were talking about in his rookie year, I said, do you think Luca's the richest rookie to ever come into the NBA? <laughs> just just due to like all the money that he's brought in uh, already in his career. So he could have turned down this money and leveraged this whole contract situation to do something else or to make the Mavericks do something else or to make them trade him, right? Like they could have done all the, he could have done all these things. And instead he just straight up signs the deal, wants to stay in Dallas. Uh, it's an incredible thing. And I think it, it matters. It's meaningful today. It definitely matters. You know, we, we've heard so long that there's never been a rookie turn down the max extension. We've never seen a rookie take the qualifying offer and say, hey, we're just, I'm just going to play it out. I'm going to turn down the long-term money 
play out the, the max you know, contract. Yeah, the max contract, play the qualifying offer, and then hit you know free agency in the next year. But like Nick said, if there was ever a player that was going to do it, it would be a Luka Doncic type. Like I think it would it would be more likely for Luka than Zion. Like I've, Zion's getting all the talk right now, but yeah. I I think if I'm Zion. Like I've already had some injury scare. Like Luca ha- doesn't have a huge injury thing that is hanging over him. Of like, oh man, I don't know if like Wilma. Like, is there a world that Zion's never like fully healthy for three straight seasons? Possibly. Like we've already seen some injury stuff with him. So that's the for Luca to sign it. You know, there was every indication that he was going to. Even at the end of the season, he was asked about it after the playoffs or in his exit interview. He smiled and he's like, "I, I think you know the answer to that." <laughs> and I, I had some skeptical. I was skeptical even then. I was like, oh, "Man, I'm still there's like five percent of me that was still worried he wasn't going to do it." And like I've seen some people, you know, when Mark Stein reported this, you know, basically the whole Dallas brass was going over, which brass is just the word that I feel like every, that's the hot word of the offseason that everyone's using now for any front off front office. It feels like, like a newspaper group. word. It is. It, it does feel like that. But once the whole group was going over there, I've seen some fans, some people, some, you know, media people of other teams were like, this is weird. They're going too overboard. Why are they like sending all these people? I, I just don't think it's that. I don't think it's a convincing thing. I th- they already knew that he was going to sign this or else they're not going to go over there. I don't think taking any any other way outside of, I just think it's a cool gesture of them. Like, why not? Like, you are everything that you're doing prior to this point from, I mean, from the pregame soundtrack stuff with Luka Doncic, like, we could go all day on the small things, the billboards around the, you know, the city. The city, you're, everywhere. You're laying the foundation of this relationship with a cornerstone franchise player that you want to last for years and years. So why not do this? Like, I, I thought it was a super smart move saying, hey, we're going to go over there. We're going to celebrate it in your home country. Let's do this. Let's hold a virtual press conference. It's happening Tuesday morning, 8 o'clock Central Time. Some of you You've probably already seen some of that, you know, while you're listening to this. So I think it was a really cool move by Cuban in the front office. Leave nothing to chance is what the Mavericks did in this. They didn't want yeah. any, they didn't want Luca to think that they were giving him any less than what he deserves, right? Like I, I think that this was go the extra mile, give him the player option, go all the way there, go to, you know, bring Dirk with you. That Dirk is a player that Luca respects and loves. And how cool is it that Dirk came to his hometown, right? Like super cool. Just, not even just to make him sign the contract, but just a gesture from the team to the star to say, hey, we'll come to your turf. We, you don't have to come all the way here. We'll take our notary or whatever. I bet Dirk's the notary. I bet, I bet Dirk is, can, can sign that uh, and make him sign it. But I think that... You know, we've seen it in the past, the Darren Williams thing, where Luca, where Mark Cuban couldn't show up to the deal. And there was some, some question, it was, some of it was in doubt. They decided to leave nothing in doubt. Go with Nico, with Jason Kidd, who Luca has probably not even met, like, or, or, or been near since yeah. they became, not met, but he has never uh, interacted with them or talked to them since they were named the coach and the GM because of the Olympics and all that stuff. And he's been away from the team. So to go over there to see him in person, to do this, to make it official, I thought was a big deal. Uh, and I thought it was it was great. And uh, I'm glad that we can just... That we can just keep bringing that back over and over and over again. It's just, we're just going to keep it. So, uh, yeah. Luca also had an incredible quote. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted this out. Today Love is a this. dream come true. I am humbled and excited to remain in Dallas as part of the Mavericks. I'm committed to the organization and appreciate the support of my fans. Along with this new contract, I'm also happy to announce that I'm increasing my efforts on focusing and expanding the Luka Doncic Foundation. 
Luka Doncic today on his contract and expansion of his foundation. The thought that that was awesome. I can't wait for him to uh, do his own version of the Dirk Heroes baseball game. Where uh, what would what would Luka do for that? I feel like he could have a fun like it'd be a soccer game, <laughs> fun like soccer game. That would be super fun. Uh, that's something like that. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely great. It's great to see Luka. You know. Wanting to increase the, the Luca Foundation and, and help, you know, Dallas and probably Slovenia and all that. So an incredible, incredible great day. Uh the contract is uh is massive. Two hundred and seven million dollars. He he Wait, uh, can you say that one more time? Two how much? Two hundred and seven million dollars. All of that guaranteed, right? It's not the he could qualify if he gets this. Luca already made two All NBA teams. So according to the Rose Rule, which was enacted after basically after Durant left OKC, that they wanted the, you know the NBA, the league office wanted to have a reason for these superstar players to stay in the markets that drafted them. So they made this rule: if a guy wins MVP, if he gets elected to All NBA twice, you know, or one is it once or is it twice? Once, at least once. Yeah, I think it's one. If you get to All NBA, then you can you you qualify for this massive five year, basically the super max deal, the super max extension. And so Luca qualified for it. Uh, that's why you're seeing the Trey Young thing go around and say he made, he got a five year, 172 million dollar deal that could become 207 if he makes All NBA. I guess he'd have to make All NBA or MVP this year, like this year this coming year, yeah. up. Uh, so that's why you're seeing that deal, and that's why. There's some weird stuff where some people are laying like, you know, it depends on which headline you read, right? It's like Trey Young signs deal that could be upwards of 207, which makes it seem like he signed for 207, which is not the case. So, uh, yeah, but Lucas signed the full full kit and caboodle, like all of it. Largest rookie contract extension in the history of the NBA. Which is, in fact, this contract extension... It was brought to my attention by Cameron LaFontaine, who is now writing stories for, for Lockdown and working with me over there on, on the social team. Luca has made mo- is going to make more money in this contract extension than Jason Kidd made in his entire NBA career on the floor playing basketball. Isaac, do you want to guess how much Jason Kidd made? It's less than 207. I'll give you that. $187.6 million. Did you just guess that? Maybe. One hundred eighty-seven point six seven five. What an incredible guess! That's I can't believe it. I'm, I'm. We're gonna pull back the curtain because Isaac actually guessed it before the podcast, and then he just faked it just now. But he actually did guess it before. On the dot, not the not the point uh, six part, but yeah. But he got one eighty-seven, one hundred eighty-seven million dollars for Jason Kidd, and Luca's gonna make that in five years. Jason Kidd, it took him years and years. He's uh, sick to his stomach right now. Luca, Luca's like fifth year. He's making 30-something, 40-something million dollars. Jason Kidd made $6 million. <laughs> Crazy. All right, coming up, let's get into some more about Luca, And we want to look into the future. What's the next four to five years look for Luca, And what does it mean for this team, the Mavericks? What is everybody going to look like? Also, a couple other deals were mentioned. We talked about Boban. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. Tim Hardaway Jr. We'll get into Summer League as well, into the third segment of the podcast. Talk about Josh Green, his status for Summer League. That was a great game today, too. Tyrell Terry, how he looked in Summer League today. Maybe the one bright spot for the Mavericks team in Summer League. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, i got to tell you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the perfect place to go and get some car parts for your car or your truck. I've seen a lot of broken down cars driving around DFW since I, since I came back. Some of you, you know it. You've been putting it off. You've been thinking, ah, I need this part. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to get to it. 
Isaac is one of those people. I was one of those people for a long time. I needed a fender. I needed a front bumper for my car forever. We had got an accident, and I just put it off and put it off and didn't do it. And eventually, I just gave the car away, so <laughs> I didn't have to replace it. Uh, but instead... Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Maybe they have the part that you want. They probably will. And maybe it'll be way cheaper than you could get it somewhere else at a warehouse or a brick and mortar store. Something like that. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer. And they have everything that you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. And they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into. The, uh, let's get into Luka Doncic just a little bit more. There's some newsy stuff in Summer League we'll get to towards the end of the podcast. But Luka Doncic with the Mavericks, he signs this extension. And now we're looking into the future because with, with Luka in tow, the future, as long as he doesn't request a trade, is, is set in stone and the Mavericks are going to be contenders. Well, the clock resets, right? I mean, he signs the extension and the clock you know, was already kind of ticking down, especially when you have any type of you know superstar like this on a rookie contract, he signs the extension and kind of resets it, but it doesn't reset it for five years. That last year is a player option. Don't freak out. Like I've seen some people freaking out today on the interwebs of like, Oh my gosh, you know, player option that was expected. Most of all the rookie contracts like that, you get the player and player option. So I did not raise any eyebrows for me, but so it's not, you don't look at it and say, Hey, you have five years to prove to Luca that, Hey, this should be long-term home. You look at it and say three and a half, three, you know, because you don't want to go into that last, you know, you don't want to go into year four and there's still a lot of question marks, a lot of everything. And it's like, oh, well, he has that player option coming up at, you know, year five and all that. So <clears throat> I think, you know, you're looking at what can happen for Dallas and Luca over the next two to four years that you say, okay. I think this is what will prove to Luca. I think this is what will show to Luca. And I want to say, like, we don't know what Luca wants either. Like, I mean, winning is number one for him, but it's like, what will Dallas have to do? Is it a, if Dallas, if you could look into the future and try to predict right now and try to put benchmarks, like measurable goals in front, I was just in a work meeting today in a, in a conference room, like, hey, we need measurable goals <laughs> on something, not just Can like, you give a me some theme. measurables. And if you look at it and say, Right now, they need to at least, and you tell me if I'm wrong, at least make the conference finals over the next three years. Or would you take it a step further and say they at least need to make the finals over the next three years? See, to me, it's more up for interpretation than just a, a this, like a measurable. But I think they have to have a shot. They have to have some kind of shot. And if, you know, they blow it in the semifinals when they could have had a shot to go to the finals, if they, you know, I think that you could maybe convince them. But, Probably, yeah, they'd have to make a conference finals, potentially a finals in order to uh, be proved. Because the, the big thing is prove that they're contenders and prove that he can win here because that's what matters, yeah. especially in that second contract. And and I put in that, I put the two main things is you have to at least make a conference finals on top of like you're definitely making the playoffs every year, but at least a conference finals over the next three years. And I think you you have you have to land a like solidified bona fide number two. Like 
the number two player next to Luca. I think you have to have that person. If it's KP or not, you have to have a running mate next to Luca. And they swung for it. Like they swung for it with KP because they knew how good Luca was. They seen how good Luca was and said, All right, we we need to go get that second star. We were talking about that, like, hey, at some point you got to go swing and try to get the second star for your young player. They swung for it with KP. The jury's still out on that, but that's the they at least swung for that. And you look at you look at players like look for instance, look at Dwayne Wade early in I know we we're not big Wade fans, but like look at Wade in Miami in his early days. He was good, but what happened? Year 2, they traded for an older Shaq. And they swung for it. Now, it turned into it a championship for them. It worked, but like that's the type of thing. You look at some of these Can I go into my like theory thing? Okay. Should it's I not be, it's, Should I be ready with the- it's it's not really conspiracy theory, okay. but like All it right. goes into like looking at some of these because I I think as Mavs fans we naturally want to lump Luca into the Dirk category of like Dirk stayed forever, so Luca has to stay forever, and even like the pessimist side of like oh Luca's Luca's just gone. Well, let's look at a couple of these players that have stayed like over the past twenty years that have stayed with their franchise. You're looking at the Giannis's, the Dirks, Stephs, Dames, Duncan, Kobe. And I just want to throw Wade in there. I know he went to the you know Cleveland, all that stuff towards the end, Chicago. But throw Wade in there a little bit. Look at some of these players and look at the player, like why they stayed with the franchise and see if there's any similarities in that. Look at Giannis, look at Dirk, look at Steph, look at Dame. All four of these guys stayed with their franchise. You know, most well, outside of Dame, all three of those guys have won titles. Was there any sense of loyalty to that team? because that team took the chance on them because that team like developed them it took time like even dame weber state steph coming out of davidson was a number one pick overall he had ankle issues like there was an investment in that franchise into them dirk Giannis, you know it took time so therefore there was an investment in that organization into the player that that player felt that into them luca and I, you know, I'm pro Mavs of everything. Luca didn't need Dallas. Like Luca didn't need the Mavs. Luca was already amazing. The arguably the most decorated European player ever come to the United States. Like he was so good year one. So you look at some of the, like the guys like Duncan, Kobe, Wade, and you say, okay, look at these guys. They stay with their franchise. Well, what's the what's the difference of these guys? They were so good so early. Well, what happened with them? Duncan won a title his second season. Kobe went to the Western Conference Finals his second season. Wade, they get Shaq his second season. They win the title in his third season. You got to win. You have to win early. Like if And so for me, I'm looking at this, and I could be completely wrong and say, Isaac, you're crazy. I look at this in one of two ways. If you want your star to stay with your franchise and organization for a long time, you either need to show the loyalty, show that you're invested into them, show that you're developing them, which... That really fully isn't there for Luca because he was already there and already at a high level. Or you need to show that you can win and win at a very high level that they can look at their team and say, man, I won early and I want to continue winning with this organization. Did that make any sense? Should we all turn in our text to, to page 400? Are you going about to read a verse? At this point, Matthew 4. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. I think that there's a, a, a good differentiator between those two types of players, right? You're talking about the the guys that they had to take risks on. And I know Kobe was not Kobe was not like a top five pick, top 10 pick really, but he came in and he was good right away. They won three titles, I think within his rookie year, like with his rookie contract. like hmm. So they were... 
Uh, they they won early, and he was he was good right from the start. But you have the 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 Wade Kobe Duncan, which is kind of where Luca is. He's in that category. He's not necessarily in this Dirk Giannis and uh, and Steph category where he had to be developed, he had to be worked, he had to be get to he had to get to the exactly. spot that he is because of the te- the team. But look at the uh, help that Wade, Wade Duncan Kobe had. Look at the the Hall of Fame type of help that they had early on in their career. I mean Duncan. I mean crap. He walked into all of that, but then. He he got to grow with the Parkers, Ginobili's, and stuff, and so there's another player that I think of with with Luca, and it's Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett came out; he was mm. was ready to be good right away, and he stayed. And now people st- said he stayed way too long, right? Will that talk get to Luca? Will some of that stuff? Will you think about a guy like that? Will you think about a guy that that left and and Kevin Durant didn't win where he was, and kind of regrets it now? It seems uh, that he didn't just stay and try to win where he was. Uh, so th- these are all things that float around. And honestly, this is this is my thing with, with talking about young players and contracts and stuff. This is all stuff we think about. We have no idea how they look at it, right? Yeah. We have no idea how, how Luca actually looks at it. Does he think about the ring stuff? Maybe. Does he think about, well, I should stay or I should go or I should do this. He's probably just thinking, what's the best situation for me right now? What's the best situation for me, uh, you know, New Holger and all this, like going forward and, and what are his dog's names? Gia, I can't even remember. Dang, what's his dog's name? He's got another dog name. I can't think of. But it, Hugo, it's, it, Hugo and Gia, his dogs. <laughs> it's a what if too, to where like, yeah. what if Duncan didn't walk into David David Robinson in that crew, and he didn't win a title, and it took him years. Well, like, he almost happens? went to Orlando one year. Yeah, exactly. He almost went to Orlando, and you know, I, I'm not trying to paint this thing. I was like, oh, this means Luca's you know leaving, but like, none of those at, guys left. But like, but look at LeBron. LeBron steps in. He takes his team in what year four, you know, yeah. to the finals, that crazy finals run. He never got the Hall of Fame. He never got the David Robinson, the, the Shaq. He never got that. But with the LeBron saying, thing, though, they didn't even make a Porzingis move. <laughs> they didn't. Even, yeah. they didn't even do that. So I think for people that are worried, could he be? I've seen. I've even seen tweets today. Is this going to turn into LeBron 2003 to 2010 all over again? Well, they like. At least he has Porzingis that can become good. Like LeBron didn't even have that. Like he was taking Eric Snow and Daniel Larry Marshall, Hughes, baby. Larry, he- Larry Hughes was, I guess, their one big move they tried to make. I- I'm just- uh, Mo Williams, I guess, was another one. But like that's just those are such small moves compared to you know a swing for Porzingis like that that the Mavericks already made. And and I say all of that just to say that. I think there's a middle ground of I don't think we can just set back and say Dirk stayed forever, so Luca will, or like look at the he wants to be the Giannis all this stuff. But I don't think we can look at it and say, oh well, that means he's for sure leaving either. I just think that there is a pressure that I think the organization realizes, and there is a not, I don't want to say tinder, but there is a pressure of saying we need to prove to our All NBA star, top five, top three player in the league that we are going to win and win at a high level. Because if you don't make it to a conference finals or a finals in the next three seasons, you're going to be asking Luca to sign up again for a big time contract for a lot of money, but for for a team that like, hey, you've been in the league seven years and we haven't been to a conference finals. So that I'm just saying, there's a pressure there, and the the organization knows that. And really, I'm not saying anything you know brand new here. So. There you you go. Good thoughts about Luka coming up in the next couple of years here. What is it going to take to keep Luka again? And what do the Mavericks need to do over these these next couple of years compared to some some of the players that have stayed for their almost basically entire contract, those guys. So coming up, let's talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. We'll talk about Summer League. We'll get into all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. 
BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports right now. If you're watching some of these rookies, I enjoyed watching Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley the other night in, in Summer League. It was really fun. Cade Cunningham, plus 250 to win the Rookie of the Year. He is the favorite. Plus 300 for Jalen Green. Evan Mobley, all the way down to plus 750. It's going to be hard for him to, to rack up the numbers, I think. I don't think he's the guy that's going to be as assertive enough to get the numbers. Jalen Suggs, though, plus 750. Did you see his block mm. tonight? Yeah, it was nasty. Jalen Suggs had a block to force overtime, basically. And you're like, that's coming from your point guard? That That's a guy, I think, that, that maybe could step up. Book Knight, plus 900. Scotty Barnes, plus 1,000. Alfred Sangoon, plus 1,400 for Sangoon. He had 15 and 15 the other night. Christian Wood, though. Okay. I do th- I do like the Jalen Green odds, though. That one's interesting. BetOnline.ag, you can go vote on these guys if you want to. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into Tim Hardaway Jr. This was announced, and this is notable because I saw our guy CBA Mavs was talking about, could this deal become a declining deal? We've seen this with a couple players recently. Aaron Gordon was a pretty notable one where the deal declines. It starts at the highest number and goes all the way down. Instead of some of these deals where we see, like Luca's deal, is going to be $35 million in that first year, all the way up to like forty-seven or something in the last year. Uh, It was reported by Tim McMahon that that is the case for Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract, that it decreases every single year. It starts at 21 this year coming up, 21 million, and goes all the way down in 2024-25 to 16 million. This is great. This is incredible for for the Mavericks, and there's different reasons why it's good or bad. It gets too complicated, and there's personal reasons for the player why they would want more money up front uh, because of inflation, but then there's also money reasons why they would want more money later because of escrow and the money that they, the Mavs have to, like players have to put into this pot and all that stuff. So it gets real complicated, but the real thing for the Mavericks is Tim Hardaway Jr. did this, this four-year deal, and it helps the Mavericks. I think this is another smart cap thing that they did because then all of a sudden you're paying Tim Hardaway Jr. $5 million less in the final year than you are in this first year. Yeah, and especially because they're operating over the cap right now. You know, that's what... Might as well. Yeah, you might as well. It's like, you're not... Cap space isn't in dire need at this current moment, so why not make this year the highest amount? And then, you know, if you get to 2024, and you're like, hey, I need more cap space. Well, there's an extra... If it was the other way around, and it started off at 16, then you're out, you know, what? Over you know a little over five million dollars in 2024, which you know couldn't matter a lot then. So I think this is notable. I think I, I, the reason why I brought it up today, I think that this is a a notable thing in the contract. Another good reason why the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract was good and is good for the Mavericks and will continue to be uh, because yeah. it is declining like this. So and by the way, 2024-25, which seems like a fake year, but. Porzingis' contract is off the books. He has a player option in 2023-24, and then 24-25, he is off the books. So uh, looking forward at the Mavericks, you know, that's a big, that's a, another big turning point offseason year for the Mavericks in that. Uh, what do they do with Porzingis? Is he, does he, you know, recoup where he was or, or who, what the Mavs expect him to be? Do they re-sign that's all you, that kind of stuff? That's year three of Luka's extension. And year three of Luka's extension. So that's a, those are pivotal two years right there, that 23 and 24 year. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Anything else from Tim Hardaway Jr.'s uh, announcement today? I thought that it was uh, – we kind of talked about him already. Yeah, not from Tim's. I just want – I know we mentioned Boban at the top, but the two-year $7 million, um, yes, please. Like, I, 
There's no reason for us to be upset that Boban's going to get three and a half million dollars. He's That's not special. taking money away from somebody else, right? That's I, the thing. It's like we're already over the cap. People like I, it's not like people it, said Cubans spend more money, you know, pay, pay the tax. They're doing it for these guys, for Tim Hardaway, for Boban. It maybe not as what you ex- want or expect, but uh, he is doing it and paying the guys. And I think this matters, paying the guys that are there. Cuban talks about wanting to give the former players jobs, wanting to take care of the players that are are there in your team right now. This is taking care of the players that have a say around the league. A lot of people talk to Boban. Boban is well-liked. And so if Boban likes yeah. your team, then all of a sudden you have somebody good on your side. And I think that matters in the grand scheme of everything. Best friends with Luca, team chemistry, everything for and that prize. Let's and it's it. two years. I'm so glad. I don't have to worry about this for two years with <laughs> uh, no. Boban. I'm so happy. Just- and if they if they make another center you know move, if they ever do trade Dwight or whatever it is, like it's not like Boban's unplayable. We just seen him play in the playoffs. Like he can play in some spot minutes here and there. You're not starting him playing 30 minutes, but no. he can still play. So can I do it one more time? Boban. Yes. All right. Let's get into summer league. Woof. <laughs> I'm not even going to share the score with you. It's not worth it. There's no reason for me to share the score of this summer league game. The Mavericks lose by a lot. Uh, At times during the game, the announcers, which were Greg Anthony, and they're putting in all these young guys as play-by-play, which I love. I love to see new guys coming up as play-by-plays because we need them desperately, especially now that Marv Albert's gone. Uh, but we, they desperately need them in the NBA. And so I love, I'm loving hearing these guys. They talked about several times, could they get the record for the highest win, the biggest win in summer league history? I was like, oof, that's the territory we're in right now. Uh, Tyrell Terry played, Nate Hinton played, Josh Green did not play, and it was confirmed by summer league head coach Greg St. Jean that he will not play, that Josh Green will not play in summer league. Mm. Uh, this is via Dwayne Price. He said, Summer League head coach Greg St. Jean said Josh Green won't play for the Mavs in Summer League. Green just finished winning an Olympic bronze medal with Australia. Jean said that Green will be in Las Vegas and practicing with the Mavs and will sit on the bench during games. We've made it to the almost 30th minute in the podcast, and uh, let's go on a rant here. I do not understand this. I do not understand what the Mavericks are doing with this 2020 draft class. Tyler Bay, 36th, 37th pick. Gone, just completely gone. Didn't even extend a qualifying offer to him. Didn't even keep him around as a, just a spare like roster spot or anything. They didn't even keep him on a two way. He's gone. That that you know pick that you traded for Seth Curry, like basically the Seth Curry thing is gone for a TPE and Moses Brown. That's it. You didn't get anything else from it. Tyler Bay didn't turn into anything because he let him go, and Josh Richardson is now gone. Tyrell Terry, they're finally at least giving him some time. He didn't really get a whole lot of run, but. Specifically with Josh Green, I think our friend uh, Ben Zagel on, on Twitter said it best. I'm going to just read out his tweet today. Josh Green had no offseason activities, a shortened training camp, barely any practice, only played 445 minutes his rookie year. That ranked 37th among rookies. He was the 18th pick, and he was 37th in minutes. That doesn't even like, compute. <laughs> he played 14 minutes total in the Olympics, but he won't play summer league. I, I do not understand what they're doing with this draft. You have to develop them eventually. They have to do something. Maybe there's something that we don't know. Again, this is always the case. They know more about the players than we do. But if there's nothing wrong with him health-wise, then why is he not playing? Is it just jet lag? I mean, there is a world in which he plays. If he doesn't play well, then what trade value he has, it doesn't. I couldn't. That. I can't believe that a, a NBA team would watch one or two summer league games and be like, 
oh dang, that guy might suck. Like he, oh, he might be terrible. Like, th- are you but, watching the basketball that's being played in summer league? Everybody, like, it is not good overall. No, it's, it's, it's guys it's chucking, good. and it's just you know running up and down. You want to see a couple skills here and there. We'll talk about summer league and what we expect eventually, but. Uh, this Josh Green thing is just overtook this segment because uh, I don't understand what they're trying to do with these guys. Like, give them a chance. These guys yeah. are just not even given a chance. I don't think it's a trade value thing. I was halfway halfway kidding on that, but I think if he wasn't with the Ain't team, no it, thing is halfway crooks, Isaac. And if like he wasn't with the team and like not practicing, and it was the hey, he just you know he played, he was in Tokyo, he got the bronze. Like that would make more sense, I think, for fans and even for us who don't know all the details of why he's not playing. But the fact that he came back, he's there practicing, and he's still not playing. It is confusing for me. Of, he was like, there today. He was there holding the medal on the yeah. sidelines today. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I would love to see him out there playing. Like, he, we need to see him playing. And I think that just goes into, like, there were two players that, with all due respect to Nate and Hinton, love Nate and Hinton, but there were two players going into Summer League that you're like, all right, these are the two players I want to watch. I want to see if they can have any type of rotational minutes next year for the Mavericks. That was Josh Green and Tyrell Terry. So now it's just like Josh Green's out. So basically we're just watching for Tyrell Terry with the exception of like, will there be one player out there? You know, a couple of these players, they're, you know, they're basically fighting for like three camp invites, possibly, maybe. Will a couple of them stand out enough to get a you know camp invite, you know, come next month. But the main thing for Summer League is Tyrell Terry. Can Tyrell Terry show that he is worthy of getting some rotational minutes? Does he look better? Will he be stronger? Will he like... How does he look playing point? But even though he's not a point, he's really kind of off, you know, guard. So I, that's the only reason why. Like, I just want to see what is Tyrell Terry in year two. Yeah. And so since they played, let, let me give you some, some. I took full notes on this game. I regret taking the full notes. Bless your soul. I did take full notes on this game. Tyrell Terry, I thought, was trying to be a point guard in this game. He was handling the ball a lot. He was making the right pass, I felt like, and the right play every single time down the floor. Uh, there was times when he coughed the ball up and made mistakes and fell down and, you know, all those kind of things too. But anytime he was able to, he made the right decision. He kicked to an open guy. He found the right person. He, he kicked over to somebody, but they were giving him like the Luca treatment almost. He was getting every single time he came off of a screen, he was doubled. Every time he came over half court almost. Like they didn't press him and do all that kind of I mean, stuff. He's the only but- draft pick on the roster. He's the only guy that was drafted on the roster that I – maybe somebody was drafted a while ago, but uh, mm-hmm. the only one that I know of. And they they were giving him the, the treatment of just like anytime he drove to the rim, there's three guys around him basically. Uh, he did finish through through contact at the rim three times, which I thought was very positive impressive. for him. Yes, very, very, very positive. There's a couple. The Mavs tweeted out a couple of these. You can go watch from different angles. But they were really good. I thought that um, he was – gun shy to take shots and i wonder if it was because of the way that they're they're treating him he got blocked once on a on a three that just looked really bad really early and he got a little gun shy coming off of screens there was times when a sixers player tyrese maxi or whoever uh would go under the screen or get stuck behind the play and terry wouldn't pull up and i'm like pull up you have like split second to make this decision and take a shot and he just wasn't and so he's, he's overthinking which is normal for a rookie and normal for a rookie that Hasn't played, which I still consider him a rookie since because he didn't play very much his first year. And so it's normal for a guy like that. But there were times when it looked like the game was slowing down for him, which I thought was very positive. Making the right play, getting the right passes to people. And uh, I thought that was positive. Yeah. And like you have to do the what if. Like, what if Tyrell Terry kills it over these next few games in summer, you know, in, in Vegas? And we're like, whoa, like he's a standout. And people nationally are talking about him. Two things. One, 
it, if they do move off Trey Burke, then you're like, all right, could he be a third, you know, another guard off the bench, like behind Brunson that can get some minutes, be Seth Curry light, have fun with it. Like, could that happen? We'll see if he, if he really kills it. Another positive of that is if there are trades out there that you're trying to get, if you're trying to go get, you know, maybe like a, uh, an older veteran, you know, shot creator that, you know, wants to come to Dallas and maybe from a Slavic country or, country. <laughs> and you know, you, you're, trade pieces uh it increases that value so uh but yeah and, and i think the the thing if he doesn't play well over these next few games then you're like all right well that i don't know i don't know what you know he's on <laughs> he's on a two-way contract him and nate hinton uh both are on a two-way contract so terry we'll finished see. with 22 points three assists three steals he was eight of 16 from the field three of six from three and three of three from the free throw line good looking stats uh, he came into the fourth quarter with 10 points. And so he scored 12 of those points kind of at the end. They were basically down by 40 at one point. And so mm. you could say he scored some of these in garbage time. And uh, and so finally, towards the end, we saw a, dry, a hint and drive it, kick to Terry in the corner for a three. And I was very excited to see that. <laughs> it was finally like, hey, some movement and some actual stuff. But I think the problem with this summer league team is unless Nate Hinton really, really steps up and becomes the ball handler, like the lead ball handler, then it's Terry running the offense. And he has to be a guy like Steph Curry, like Dame Lillard, like that runs around screens and does some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, like 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 Seth Curry. I'm not saying he's he's Steph, but like Seth, like Seth, he runs around screens. He comes off the ball screens. He can handle and he can do some things. He can make the right pass. He can do that. But he's not a point guard, right? He's not like your generate run the offense type of guy. There's that's, a couple of people. Be- yeah. There's a couple of people that's tweeting the bummer. Yeah, for me on this summer league team is like they don't have like could we just put Jarrett Jack on this team just to run the offense just to like <laughs> yeah. you you almost can't evaluate you know some of these other players on the roster because you don't really have a, a pure point guard running the show well in the Sixers I'm not sure they necessarily had one either but Tyrese Maxey was just like standout scoring all over the place it was wild to see a guy that was playing rotational playoff minutes for a really good team play in summer league he was just getting buckets it's just wild seeing the difference between this Mavericks roster of literally you have Tyrell Terry as a second round pick and then all these undrafted guys I'm sure that there might be another guy who's drafted like two years ago but then you watch like the Pistons and you're sitting there watching like that's like three-fifths of their starting lineup yeah and then like is there a world that Sekou plays a part of the rotation too and like there's a fourth guy right there they have Killian you know Sadiq Bay and Cade that's probably all three starting and so you know you guys sit these teams like that and you're like man well this that's like their team. And then you watch Dallas and you're like, if none of these guys are, you know, in playing any rotation minutes next year, are you surprised? No, but yeah. So if you're looking for, I think somebody messaged me, how did DJ Onu do? Like, I don't know if we're covering EJ Onu and Omarui and like some of these other guys, uh, it's Terry or, or nothing for this map summer league team. I'm not sure unless someone stands out, which no, exactly, which no one did today, unless someone else does it's Tyrell Terry or nothing. If one of them stands out or a couple of them stands out, I mean, there's a couple camp invites up for grabs, you know, True. so that we'll see if they can get invited to camp. But that's not always the case. It's not always, you know, their summer league team. They're pulling a few guys in. But. The Jaleel Cousins Memorial Summer League or uh, camp invite spot is definitely open. Hey, Alex Antetokounmpo, he's on the King Summer League team. If, the uh, Ben Bentil Quinn Cook Memorial Training Camp spot is open for sure. Ben Bentil. Is there another younger sibling out there does brad beal have a younger brother that can... <laughs> whose younger sibling should they be after next 
There you go. That's some Summer League talk. It was probably not enough for some of you, but if you want more Summer League talk, uh, you may have a problem. So mm. We're not... Uh, breaking news. We're not changing our name to Locked On Summer League Mavs. <laughs> I hate to tell you We almost went to Summer League, but we decided not to. If Josh Green was playing, maybe we'd cover it a little bit more, but... Uh, we will be we'll we'll talk about every game. Let's be clear. Like we will we will talk Tyrell about Tyrell Terry is gonna put up thirty points in one of these games. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I just want him to I just want him to get four to five threes in a quarter. Just like to get hot, right? Just to get yeah. hot once. And then we'll just Shut it down! Shut it down, shut it down. That'd be great. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Luca continuing to be on the Mavericks. It's always a good day. Hope you have a good one. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Lucas, 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 Lucas,